Welcome everyone to the Blind Entrepreneur Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs and business professionals execute their vision by guiding them to profitability. Let's go! You're listening to episode 169, and today we have Jesse Kay. Jesse Kay is a 17-year-old entrepreneur that started off as a podcaster, which inevitably led him down the path of speaking internationally and now owns a digital marketing agency. Hey, Jesse, welcome to the show, man. Thanks so much. I'm happy we worked this out. I'm super excited to come out today. Yeah, sure. So the first thing that we have to clear the air with is uh, is a question that is near and dear to my heart, and near and it's the fact that you are a New York uh, New York boy, right? New Yorker, or I was born in, the... in I was born in New York, but now I'm a Jersey kid, so I'm like you. Okay, cool. So you're 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 a Jersey boy now. Uh, so with that in mind, I have one simple question for you. Imagine you just had the absolute best day of your life. Where are you going to eat? And what are you going to order to make your day complete? Ooh, that's a good one. I don't think I've been asked that one before. Um, I'd say one of two things. Going to um, a really good sushi place in the city and having some sort of sushi to finish off the night or going to a restaurant called Houston's and having a good burger and fries to end the night. There you go. I respect that. That's a good one. Burgers and sushi. The the, the real the real uh, problem is can you find a way to have a burger and sushi at the same time? Can it, we make a sushi roll with just a, can we make a burger sushi roll? I think we can. I mean, they make ramen rolls. So or exactly, let's make it happen. Burger, so <laughs> we could be onto something. So the first real question of the podcast is: Tell me about a time that you felt lost or blind in business and how did you overcome it? I mean, a lot of people are, I'm sure have some type of prejudice over, over you because of your age and you're like, you know what? There's no way that you can experience all the things that you've been able to experience. So let's talk about some blind spots and how you overcame those. Totally. I think obviously being 17 and still being technically in high school, um, you definitely have a little bit of a misconception going into stuff. But I think the biggest thing is when you walk into a meeting and it's all 40-year-olds and then it's you and you're sitting in a Fortune 500 company boardroom, they're like, what's this kid doing here? Is he the intern? Um, so I think the biggest thing is you just got to be super confident in what you're good at and know what you actually – like know what you want to talk about and be very confident in yourself. But when you first walk in and these people are like, why is this kid sitting here? Obviously, you're going to feel a little lost and out of place. It's a bunch of 40-year-old executives with 20 years of experience and you're sitting there and they're all questioning you and you sort of have to prove yourself. Absolutely. So like number one, the first and foremost, you are in a room filled with Fortune 500s, board execs, etc., how, let's talk about how you even got there. Yeah. Um, I think the whole my whole pathway is sort of revolved around just cold outreach, cold emailing. To get people on my podcast, I sent 350 cold emails a day. Just the whole, I guess you could call it quote-unquote hustle. Um, but I mean everyone does that, so there's nothing really special about that. I think a lot of it comes down to networking and connections and sort of leveraging my age. Like being 17, that's something I can use a lot because there's not that many 17 year olds trying to get in those boardrooms. So when I say, Hey, I'm 17, I do this and this, they automatically are attracted to it. So in every subject line, I'll put 17 year old entrepreneur, 17 year old X, Y, Z. 
Um, and then it's just otherwise just straight hustling. So like on Monday, I'm going to meet with um, Jack Dorsey, the CEO and founder of Twitter and the CMO of Twitter. And that was literally Jack Dorsey was doing a Periscope and I hopped on and for an hour straight, I commented, I'm 17, will you come on my podcast? And eventually he said, yes, screen recorded that, found his assistant and made it happen. Nice. So that's interesting. So you get people to, you leverage your age, you get people to commit to some type of you know, opportunity, you screenshotted it and then you sent it to the assistant. Yeah, I saw he did it. I was like, oh my God, he just said yes. So then I went back, used the screen recording feature on my phone, then couldn't find his, uh, couldn't find like his info. So then I called Twitter HQ literally and said, the craziest thing just happened. What's Jack Dorsey's assistant? Got her email, reached out to her, then just sent an email to jacketwitter.com and got a response. Nice. That is freaking cool, man. Good for you. So, so we, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, congratulations on that. That's huge. Um, so, I mean, question again, I, I, I don't want to, this will be the last like 17 year old based question um, because I'm sure you get a lot of it and it's probably really super annoying. Um, so do you feel like you were always like this or was this something relatively recent that you encountered this, this entrepreneurial attitude um, or were you even doing all this crazy stuff of, entrepreneurship and this creative thinking even before? Yeah, I was lucky enough to have a situation where my dad's an entrepreneur. Um, so ever since I was little, I saw that. I was raised in that kind of house where I saw all that he put in, but getting to work from home and getting to have all these things. And I really just sort of craved that ever mm. since I was a little kid. So when I was nine years old, I recognized that I was not following everyone else's pathway when I started flipping shoes on eBay. Mm. And I thought that was normal. Clearly it wasn't, but <laughs> that was my pathway. And then I did that for a couple of years, made a couple thousand dollars, which I thought was like millions and millions of dollars. Oh, of but I guess it was for a nine or 10 year old. So I did that. And then it sort of just developed from there. And then last year I was like, I want to start this podcast. And I just sort of rode the wave. So tell me what has podcasting done for your life, for your network? Because I always say on my show, there's a relationship that happens when I'm able to hear your story and then vice versa, you're able to hear my story. You know, tell me about podcasting and, and how has it affected your life? Oh yeah, it's totally changed my life. I think the two biggest things it's done is number one, it's given me a voice to be able to reach a large audience, both through podcasting, which has led to public speaking, which has then led to growing my social media channels and being able to reach tons of awesome kids. But the second one is the goal of the podcast the whole time was to build an awesome network and reach people I always thought were impossible. Mm. So being able to build my network and also just let more people hear my story of going through anxiety and all of this stuff to that, like I just think it's awesome getting to use such an awesome platform to be able to push out my message. So. I, and I and I um, and I uh, applaud you for being able to do that. Um, was there a person or individual or experience where you're like, you know what, this is the direction I need to take. I need to go podcasting route. Uh, what was the inspiration behind podcasting? Yeah, so I was sitting in my entrepreneurship class. I didn't even know they had an entrepreneurship class, and wow. I always thought it was sort of BS, but yeah. whatever. I was sitting in the class last year. And we had to come up with a product or service and write a business plan about it. And I realized so many kids in my class had such amazing ideas and were super creative and really wanted to change whatever industry they were interested in. But nobody knew where to start, what the first step was, how to get going. So I thought 
you know what, I need to really do something where I go and interview the people that have done it themselves, balanced school, created a business, gotten successful, and interview them to help share their stories to educate and inspire the next generation. And that just sort of got validated when I went to a couple different people, my dad, a couple mentors, this guy Joe Polish, who would be great for this show. Um, all just amazing people that have supported me along the way. I remember, and, and I'm not going to uh, say that I'm an OG fan by any means because I'm definitely not. <laughs> but I remember when you launched your first podcast. Um, and I would say I was, I'm a lurker, right? So I don't comment. I don't, I don't like, but I see what's going on. And I remember, I think you got Grant Cardone as like one of your first five or 10 people or something like that. And I just remember being like, this kid is freaking cool, man. So it's really cool to be able to, to speak with you and hear your story. But now, now that you have all this, this fame, this, this, uh, these connections, you're talking to people like Gary Vaynerchuk on a routine basis from what it seems like. Um, now you're leveraging it into your business, right? Into an actual business. How are you able to obtain, and this is a relatively, may, you may not even have achieved this yet, maybe you, you are in the process of, but how are you working towards obtaining your first 100 customers? So, I think the strategy for me is when I started the podcast, my goal wasn't to make money up front. The goal of the podcast was to provide value mm. and build an audience. But as the show progressed this year, it started to change. And I was like, this is awesome. But like, why not do like people have reached out to me, asking me to talk on this and work with them on this. So why not? And I think the biggest thing for me is I want to make sure that I follow the pathway where I don't burn out or knock myself out by scaling too quick. So I've sort of paced it out where like, and the thing is in something like a consulting business or agency business, like it's more about the quantity of work rather than the amount of customers, because you could have three customers and be making a hundred grand a year. Like it really just comes down to that. But I think the biggest thing for me is I just want to support as many people and companies as I can while maintaining the same quality of work and sort of build my team around me where I'm confident that they'll be getting the same kind of work as if they were working with me. And it always has that sort of aspect where the quality of work is the most important thing. So to the uh, professionals that are out there um, that are listening and they're trying to scale their business, what works for you may not work for everybody else, but from a digital marketing perspective, the things that you see within your experiences and your, uh, and your meetings and clients, et cetera, what are some ways that you would recommend us to, uh, in order to obtain our first 100 customers if we're, if we're trying to achieve that? Yeah, I'd say start small and literally offer as much as you can for as little as you need, whatever the client will offer you just to build experience and testimonials mm. and get as much advice and value as you sort of use it as your guinea pigs. So find five clients that are totally into you and promise to give you testimonials. And then the second you do that, if you do a good job on one person, I guarantee you they got five friends who need your help also. So if you don't blow it in that first time and you really put all of it in, it's going to happen. I think the issue tons of people make is they try and force it. Mm. 
So they're like, okay, we have five, but now we need 30 and we need to do it this week. Rather than I tried to do that also up front, uh, up front. I was like, all right, now I'm ready to move on. And then I realized like, wait, let's just calm down, let it happen. And the second I started doing that, clients just kept on pouring in. So I think the biggest thing is find your five people that love what you do. And then they're going to share your message with a hundred people that they love, a hundred people that those people love. And it's just going to go on and on. Mm. And, and so understanding that you need to give that quality of work and you need to be able to talk to those individuals. Um, and you also mentioned value. What does value look like to you? I think value changes both between the client and what you're offering. But I think value is just trying to either number one, fix their problem, mm. but most importantly, doing it in the most efficient and effective way for what they want. Some people just want to grow an audience. Some people want to reach as many people as they can, but you need they need to be confident that you're willing to devote all of your resources and all of your time and give everything you can offer to them without any complaints. So, I mean, I have to give the amount of the respect here because your ability to answer concisely and effectively is a true uh, testament to who you are um, and your your internal genius. So uh, I don't know about that, but it thank is, you. It is no, it, it's uh, listen. I've had a lot of people that have been on the show, and they ramble, and people ramble. We all ramble at sometimes. I'm of rambling. Course. I'm rambling now. But you're, 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 the way you construct your answers. Um, kudos to you for being able to have that mental uh, fortitude to uh, to answer in an efficient manner. Um, Thank I'm you. gonna I'm gonna change this conversation up a little bit and. And, uh, and, and, and as you know, uh, I follow you on social media and yeah. I did my due diligence and I just did uh, some research and I deep dived a little bit and I found some pictures uh, of you on the internet that I just need a little bit more explaining. So okay. uh, are you ready to explain that, Graham? I hope so. All right. So this one in particular, I, I've noticed that you're a New York uh, fan in general. So New, I am a New York fan. You got fan. New York Yankees, you got your, your Knicks and et cetera. Yeah. Um, you're in the middle of the of, of the court in Madison Square Garden. Is uh, what was that experience like for you to being able to be on in the center court? That was awesome. I'm actually in, I guess you could call it a negotiation phase of working with Madison Square Garden, the Knicks, the Rangers, all of their companies. So I was lucky enough to get to meet with their CMO and their whole team, and I went to a couple games with them sort of as a discovery period. And after the game, they're like, you want to go on the court, take a picture. I'm like, wait, I can go on the court. <laughs> I'm like, I'm down. Um, so it was great. They're awesome people working on that team. And I'm super excited to work with them. The The next one is uh, you being featured on Gary Vaynerchuk's Instagram channel, I'm assuming, and also his podcast. Yeah. Uh, and, and even his YouTube show. Um, just, I'm, I'm kind of curious to hear the story behind how you were able to uh, meet him one, cultivate a relationship, um, and and then never really get on a show. Yeah, so I, I mean, it comes back to cold emailing, but I started sending him cold emails, didn't hear back, and then I remembered that I'd heard something about Gary's brother AJ, who is the COO of VaynerMedia as they grew. So I cold emailed AJ. I was like, Hey, AJ, would love to connect, interview for my show. He's like, 100%. Let's do it. And then rather than just doing it over the phone, I emailed him the day before a meeting. Hey, AJ, actually, I'll be in New York City tomorrow. I had no intention of being in New York City tomorrow. Mm. But I was like, I'll be in New York City <laughs> if you want to meet in person. He's like, sure, let's do it. So I went into the city the next day, missed school, went and interviewed AJ. And then I didn't want to use 
AJ to get to Gary. I just thought that was wrong, and AJ's his own guy, and AJ's great. Yeah. So I kept on cold emailing Gary, sent Gary, I think, 60 more cold emails. 60, before I 60, six zero. And on the 61st, <laughs> I got a response from Gary on an email where I said, hey, Gary, just following up. Uh, love what you're up to. Can I get five minutes of your time? He was like, sure, in four weeks. And I'd gotten to know Tyler, who's Gary's assistant by that time, so he set it up. Um, went in for the meeting. Gary was great. Um, and we just talked for a bit. And then from there I interviewed him for like seven minutes for my podcast or whatever it was. And there was one question I asked about like technology versus human interaction. And I guess he really liked it. So he threw that in an episode of daily V and that he, Gary's awesome. I was able to speak alongside him just over a month ago in Toronto to over 3,000 young entrepreneurs, which was amazing. So Gary's great, and I hope to have him on another episode soon. You got two of the all-time greats. You got a picture <laughs> with Mariana Rivera. Yeah. And you got a picture with uh, Derek Jeter. If you could, if you if you had to choose one, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, are those two your favorite all-time Yankees? Do you have a, another another player or another sports star or celebrity or an entrepreneur that you would love to meet? And, and whoever that, that answer is, why would you like to meet them? Elon Musk, 100%. I'm working on that interview. I have a couple leads down that pathway. I will definitely let you know if I figure those out. <laughs> but, I mean, he's just like – changing the world in such a crazy way and he's doing stuff that everyone thought was impossible and he's making it possible he's just saying whatever you think like i'm just going to do it anyway and i just really that inspires me and he's been such a awesome mentor from afar so i think he'd be an incredible interview in terms of athletes um porzingis is a great guy who i've <laughs> been awesome enough to meet so uh I mean, Elon Musk is def Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos are at the top of that list, and Jack Dorsey was up there, and I'm super excited to finally meet him in person. That's going to be a really cool episode. I'm really excited to hear that. Um, so it's interesting that even though you went the sports route, even though that you seem like a sports guy, uh, I could have you could have answered it anyway, um, but you decided to go Elon Musk. So that's uh, that's cool, man. Um, when you mentioned leveraging your age, that's something that I always recommend to, to, to people as well. Um, what about to the old people? What about to the people who aren't young? Do you yeah. got any, uh, do you, um, this is a setup question, but do you have any advice for, uh, for the old guys that, that are listening that are like, you know what, 17 year olds, you don't know what you're doing. You know, you're a young guy. Go, yeah. go for it. Totally. Leverage whatever's unique about yourself. Like for me, the unique thing's my age, but if you're 50 and you just released a podcast on hip hop in the 50s, mm -hmm. you could be the first guy to ever create a podcast based around the 50s. Like you just got to find your unique value prop. It's just for me, it's age, but there's nothing, it's not just age, it's whatever's interesting about you. Mm. So my final question, Jesse, is the blind entrepreneur is defined as a person who may be temporarily lost or blind in business and they cannot see the obvious. They may be 17, they may be 57, they may be 87, doesn't matter. What are three pieces of advice that you would give to a fellow entrepreneur? To take risk, um, but protect yourself is the first one. So uh, don't be afraid to jump for it. Just make sure you always got a backup plan and hedge your bets. Um, the second thing is don't listen to what any, I mean, listen if you appreciate somebody else's advice, but don't care what your peers think. Like the amount of 
bad stuff. I'm not going to say the word, but the amount of crap I got starting <laughs> the podcast a year ago is was a lot. Hmm. Um, and then as that's grown, now everyone's hopping on the bandwagon. Yeah. So don't care what other people think. And remember who was there on when you were going up because you you're always going to need one them. A hundred percent. And I think the third one comes down to like, just find out what you're really passionate about. Like mm. you may be doing, you may be killing it in the music space, but if your passion is writing, why not go for it? Like you may be the best writer of all time. You may have just never given yourself the shot. So find what you're passionate about and just hit on that. Uh, I'm just curious. Did you, did you find that a lot of your, I mean, I know that I said that was the last question, but you sparked another one because you said that you had a couple of people that, that didn't necessarily believe in the things that you, that you believed in. Did, did you actually have people that, that gave you slack, uh, gave you some crap in order to, um, when you started this initiative? Oh, hundred percent. Was it, okay. So can I ask, like, was it more your friends or was it more your family or? Definitely not my family. They were super supportive. Close friends were supportive, but everyone else was like, huh. what's this kid doing starting a podcast? I was known as like the podcast kid. Like nobody knew what I was doing. Yeah. Um, they thought it was, oh, I just want to do it for college or I just want to do it for X, Y, Z. Huh. And then as it started to grow and lead to other stuff, everyone's like, oh my God, I knew it was going to be so good since yeah, day one. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, I think yeah. I still have those messages from you. Uh, interesting. Hey, good for you, man. I think I think if um, I mean you already know, I'm sure you hear it a lot that you're uh, you're a bright uh, a bright young man, and, and uh, but kudos for you for being able to stick to it regardless of what people say. Um, I think it's really hard to be able to to, to quit, um, but I, I couldn't be more happier for you. So congratulations to you, sir. You successfully completed the podcast. So what I, I would like to do, you passed with flying colors, believe me, <laughs> flying colors. Um, so. The next 30 seconds is all yours. If you could just go ahead and tell everybody what you have going on, how people can follow you, be a part of your journey, and most importantly, potentially become a customer of yours. First off, I really appreciate um, you having me on the show. I'm super excited to have you on my show. But um, for anyone out there, uh, the best place to find me, probably social on Instagram, I'm at J-E-S-S-E dot K-A-Y-11. And then on Twitter and Facebook, Jesse K A Y eight one one. And then feel free to shoot me an email, J E S S E K A Y eight one one at gmail.com. We'll love to hear your guys' thoughts, questions, comments, whatever. You got it, man. When all the information that you listed is going to be in the show notes, so people can easily go ahead and reach out to you. Um, to those that are still watching and listening, thank you guys so much for always liking, commenting, and subscribing. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube and head over to tbeshow.com for more interviews. Go out there and execute your vision, everybody. Have a good rest of your day.